Hello and welcome to the Theology Meets Life podcast. This is a podcast that's going to be about theology uh, meeting life, right? So we're going to talk about theology, Christianity, and culture. More importantly, how we can take those theological ideas and concepts and actually apply them to the real life, our own lives, and you know the life uh, around us. Uh, we're going to have a lot of different episodes on here. It's kind of going to be a bit of everything, a lot of different topics. Some of them are going to be conversations with people. And some of them are going to be uh, more short answer, which is actually kind of what today our very first episode is. We're actually launching uh, a little bit of a series called Asking for a Friend, where you, the listeners, submit questions that you have about the Bible or Christianity or culture or something along those lines. And then I'll give you a short answer um, to those. And the cool thing is that you ask these questions anonymously. So your identity is going to be hidden. So you can just ask your most honest, raw questions. I am super excited about this. And I'm super excited to uh, answer your questions and really kind of get into it with you. So I really hope you enjoy our very first episode today. Uh, and the question is a big one. It's actually on hell. And uh, I hope it interests you. Also, just a note, the audio for this isn't the greatest. It's actually phone audio for the uh, majority of it. I actually recorded it on my phone, not expecting to do a podcast um, or turn that into a podcast. But, uh, you know, bear with it and hopefully you enjoy and uh, yeah, you return next week. Thanks again for listening. So the question that we're going to deal with this week is, uh, is hell a real place or just imaginary in the Bible? So thank you to whoever submitted this question. It is a really, really good question um, that's being asked here. And so I think what the person's trying to say is when the Bible speaks of hell, does it speak of it as a real place or as just a metaphor? Um, I'm assuming that's kind of what it's asking. Again, I don't know who asked it, so I can't really clarify too much. But that's how I'm going to answer it. Sorry if I'm taking, I'm sorry, taking the wrong perspective, but I think that's kind of what you're asking. And I think it's a really fascinating question. I hope all of us have either asked this to ourselves or are asking it or will ask it at some point in our Christian walk, because it's a good um, thing to have, a good understanding of what hell really is. Um, so one of the things, um, kind of jumping into this question, I think a lot of us have this idea of hell as this place of constant torture um, you know, where we're tortured by demons and, uh, yeah, fire for eternity if we don't know Jesus. Um, and I, I want to say that's not, that's not necessarily from the biblical understanding of it. Um, that's more from a cultural understanding. Um, there was this poet in, I think, the 14th century called Dante who wrote this poem called Inferno, which is essentially about, um, um, I don't know, a dream or something where he's guided through hell and there are these seven layers and all the evil people are being tortured by the demons and in fire that never uh it burns them but they never die and then there's a center of hell where there's satan and i think i think judas and and genghis khan i think are considered like the worst sinners ever um but my point is that's not exactly what the bible says about it so before we answer this question is the bible real or is um hell real or just a metaphor i want to do a little bit of a background into what the Bible actually says about hell. So the Old Testament says, um, translates, uh, our English Bible sort of translate the word hell from the Hebrew word Sheol. Now, some of your English Bibles, I think the ESV actually do use the word Sheol a lot. So you might see it. And essentially what this word meant was just grave or pit. Um, and it's where everyone went after they died. And it's essentially just this understanding of this, um, 
yeah, just this afterlife, this place, um, yeah, where anyone goes where they die, Israelite, new God, or not, and then those who were, who died and were righteous in God's eyes would kind of wait for the coming Messiah to bring them up to heaven. Now, in the New Testament, the person we see talk about hell more than anyone is actually Jesus. And it's really interesting. I mean, first, he talks to the religious elite more than anyone about hell, which is really fascinating. But then, more often than not, when Jesus talks about hell, rather than use the Greek equivalent to the word Sheol, which is Hades, which you've probably heard um, in like Greek mythology or something, it again means afterlife, that type of thing, he uses this word Gehenna. And the word Gehenna means the Valley of Hennam, which is actually a real place just outside of the city limits of Jerusalem. And essentially, uh, during the time of Jesus, it was essentially a garbage pit where people would bring their garbage and light it on fire. Kind of like we do today. We send our garbage to a garbage pit where it gets incinerated. But, um, you know, Jesus wasn't necessarily saying, like, when you die, you're going to go to, if you're evil or um, not saved, you're going to go to this place just outside of the city limits of Jerusalem for the rest of eternity. That's not what he's saying. He's actually using it to paint a, a theological picture. Because the Israelites would have known this place, the Valley of Gehenna, because of their Old Testament history with it. Um, we can read the Old Testament and find out that Israelites actually used to go to this place called Gehenna when they would light fires and they would actually sacrifice their children to this false god, Molech. Right? And so uh, Jesus is essentially painting this picture uh, of this place of that is hell and using this place called Gehenna to say god, hell is this place where sin is rampant and God is not there, um, essentially, right? So that is what Jesus is saying when he, um, when he's using this example of Gehenna as hell. But he's also saying something fascinating, um, which is that hell is inside of every single one of us. And the purpose, his purpose for coming to earth is actually to take the hell out of us and to take the hell out of earth, right? Like in the Bible, we don't often see the words heaven and hell attributed in the same sentence or paragraph, but we do often see the words heaven and earth um, kind of used as counterparts where God's plan of redemption through Jesus Christ was to come to come and take the hell out of earth, essentially, and to take the hell out of us. Um, and there's this really interesting picture in the story in Luke 16, 1931 of the rich man and Lazarus that kind of speaks to this, right? So for those of you who, who don't know, uh, I'll kind of summarize the story. Go read it if you don't know it. Luke 16, 1931. Um, there's this rich man who was very, very rich, very wealthy, had the finest clothes, you know, the best food, lived in luxury every single day. And there's this man who was a beggar named Lazarus who was covered in sores and starving and just wanted to eat what fell from the rich man's table who just sat at the gate all the time. And eventually both men died. The rich man died and Lazarus died. And this is that when Lazarus died, the angels carried him up to... Abraham's side, which is often used um, as a analogy for heaven or um, paradise. And then it says the rich man also died, but was buried and then went to Hades where he was in torment, right? So it's funny because this is actually one of the only times that Jesus uses the word Hades um, in this parable here. Um, um, but essentially the story goes on. It says the rich man looked up while he was in torment and he saw Abraham far away with Lazarus by his side. And he said, Father Abraham, have pity on me. And send Lazarus to dip his finger in water and cool my tongue because I'm in agony in this fire. But Abraham replied, son, remember that in your lifetime you received your good things while Lazarus received his bad things. 
but now he is comforted here and you're in agony. And besides all this, uh, between us and you, a great chasm has been set in place so that those who want to go from here to you cannot, nor can anyone cross over from there to us. The rich man answered, Then I beg you, Father, send Lazarus to my family, for I have five brothers. Let him warn them so they will not come uh, to this place of torment. And then Abraham replied, They have Moses and the prophets. Let him listen to them. He said, No, Father Abraham. He said, But if someone from the dead goes to them, they will repent. And he said to them, If they do not listen to Moses and the prophets, they will not be convinced, even if someone rises from the dead. And of course, Jesus is using that to foreshadow his resurrection. But... You know, the bigger point that's being made here um, is that first that, um, you know, we see where it says in Hades, when he was in torment, he asked Abraham to say, have pity on me and send Lazarus to dip the finger, dip his finger in water and cool my tongue because I am in agony in this fire. Right. Um, And so whatever Jesus is saying about hell, we can tell it's not a good place. It's not a place you want to go. There is some kind of agony here. Uh, but it's interesting that he doesn't use the word torture. He uses the word torment. And it's really fascinating because torture uh, implies that someone is doing it to you. Torment implies that it's internal. Uh, and so it's this whole idea um, that you have decided that you would rather have your sin rather than have God. And the sin ultimately is going to lead you to internal torment. But one thing that's really fascinating that a lot of people miss is that the rich man is saying send Lazarus so he can still serve me and still be below me. He's saying, I still want, he's like, even though I'm here, I'm still better than Lazarus, uh, Lazarus, sorry. And I still want to be in control um, and dominate and use my wealth as a way to control him as if he were better than him. In reality, he still loved his sin, right? Like that's the whole point that's being made here, right? It's like hell um, is this place. Uh, Again, whatever it is that's being said, that you don't get sent there, right? God doesn't necessarily send anyone to hell um, for whatever reason, but it's essentially you're choosing to go to hell by saying that I love my sin more than I love God and I would rather have my sin. And, you know, Jesus or God is saying, that's fine. He's saying, you know, heaven is open. I want you all here in heaven, but I'm not going to allow sin into my kingdom in order for sin to corrupt heaven. If you want your sin, you can have it, but you cannot bring it into the kingdom. Now, C.S. Lewis has this really great quote where he says that hell is a door that is locked from the inside. We are the ones who damn ourselves to hell if we go. Um, Now, back to the original question. Is hell uh, a real place or is it just a metaphor? So I'm going to say it's both. I'm going to say there's a reality where Jesus uses metaphoric language to describe what hell is like. Like he uses the word Gehenna to say that um, it's this place of death and sin and without God. Um, But he's also using that to describe a real place. Now, some people debate whether that's a real physical place or whether that's a place in the spiritual realm. Um, I don't have an opinion on that. I'm open to suggestions. But I think the most important thing that I would just urge every single one of you to understand is that um, heaven is open to everyone. Heaven is open to all of you. but it's not open to your sin. Um, so in order um, to go to heaven and to understand what it really means and to be in the presence of God at all times, um, you need to give up your sin and you need to love God more and just trust that Jesus Christ has already conquered your sin. Um, 
uh, but the flip side of that, if you decide that, no, I love my sin more than I love God, that is naturally going to lead you to a place of internal torment because we are created in the image of God and our purpose is to serve and love and be in relationship with God. And hell uh, is often described as a place where God's presence is not, right? A place that is divorced from God, quote. Um, and if we're in that place where we're not in the presence of our creator, that is in, that is torment. That is what hell is. Um, and I think it's Tim Keller who um, said something about that, you know, like hell is often described as a place without um, without the presence of God. And he's like, I think that's true, but I also think hell is much worse than that. And I agree. I think what he's getting getting at is that we cannot comprehend of how how much torment hell is filled with, um, because we have no idea what it means to not in the, be in the presence of God. Because even on this earth, as humans, we are in the presence uh, of God in some way, um, but we are not eternally separated from Him. So I hope that kind of gave you a brief understanding to this question. If you're more interested. Um, what you can do, there's a few good books. One really good book is called The Great Divorce by C.S. Lewis. Now, it is a fictional book, but it does answer a lot of really interesting questions about hell. Recommend checking that out. There's also a podcast, uh, or it was a sermon, done by uh, Village Church's young adult pastor, Dan Gillis. Um, I think it's called What the Hell. So if you go on Spotify or whatever, I, wherever you listen to your podcast and search Village Church Collective, and then you'll, you'll see the Village Church Young Adult podcast. And you'll see the one, it was a while ago, a few months ago, called What the Hell. It'll give you a more comprehensive view of this. But in order to answer the question, is hell real or is it a metaphor? Uh, I think it's both. I think it's a very real place that is often used, or that metaphoric language is often used to describe it. I hope this was uh, helpful and informative to you. And then again, guys, submit your other questions. I would love to answer them. Thank you so much to whoever submitted this one. Um, there's another question on hell that was asked that we're going to deal with next week. Um, so if you ask that one, get excited for it. I'm not going to tell you what it is yet, but uh, it, I'm excited to answer that. And I hope you guys have a great week. Take care.